Hello and welcome to the Power of Healing Your Energy show. Yes, this show is all about unconditional love, your light, your intuition, your soul's purpose. And depression and anxiety are a side effect of not living your life intuitively, not trusting your gut, the lost connections with your higher self and others. So let's go higher and feel deeper, guys. And this week is no different. This is episode 42. And I have a very special guest all the way from Australia, <laughs> Sean Kay. Now, I met him a couple months ago when we booked this. And, you know, just talking to him and kind of reading his energy, because that's what I do. Um, I, I felt there was more to him that obviously there, there was so much more within Sean. And the word shaman came, it just popped into my head. And we had that discussion. And I, I kind of feel in a way that, you know, somebody, it doesn't matter who's in your life, but when they they, they see something in you, it's kind of, they kind of spark something else. So I know he's done a ton of transformation. He has, and I love this, labeled himself a self-love samurai. He is a leader. He is a speaker. Um, gosh, you know, there's so many things. Uh, he is the founder of Smile Teachers as well. And just a little bit of background, he, you know, he was broken, he was defeated, he had burnout, he had mental illness, his soul was crushed, it was draining his life force energy, you know, all of this I can absolutely resonate with. And some of the words I picked out from uh, his bio was self transformation, fundamental shift, um, inspire vision, you know, experiences. And uh, welcome, Sean. Welcome to the Thank show. Thank you, Christine. It's my pleasure to be here. <laughs> All right. So, three, you know, 2016, you know, that was the time you were broken and defeated. Um, and, you know, when I hear soul and crush, I mean, I, I get that. I feel that. I, I can empathize. I've been there, which I'm sure many of us are right now. Because I have said this before. We, if you're not awake before you certainly are now and you can go willingly or kicking and screaming so um now three years later you have totally flipped everything around and i love that you your greatest gift is self-love so um i guess what was that three months ago what, what's changed right now i know when i i mentioned shaman and even before we jumped on the show, the, um, we had chill bumps. <laughs> the shaman, the shaman comment really did spark something inside me, and there's a part of me that uh, wanted to deny it and be like, "I'm not a shaman. I'm not a healer. Like I know I have these capabilities, and I, the, especially the word healer. Even as I said, COVID has forced me to not forced me. It's encouraged me to reevaluate where I was at in life, in business, in my purpose. And just a moment ago, you mentioned that I was totally like loving myself. Whereas at the moment, I'm totally loving myself, but I'm also not totally comfortable with who I am. So I think I'm going through some big shifts in terms of shedding old belief patterns, especially uh, probably still some limiting beliefs that I thought I was ahead of or out ahead of. Um, and so really working through, I think it's it's mostly inner child still and working through that and even working through some inner child for my my father and my mother and 
potentially other family members. Um, because when you talk about me being broken, my soul being crushed, um, struggling with a mental illness, that has happened to so many people in my family that I um, have witnessed. And I do, I feel like it's almost a bit of a, a mission or an obligation, or maybe I am that samurai that was sent or guided or, or called to, to heal these wounds and to actually do the work. Um, and it's interesting, a couple of years ago, or even a couple of months ago, I'd be trying to tell all my family members or encourage my family members to look into breath work or to look into meditation or to go and do a retreat. Whereas now I can kind of see how by shining my light on everybody else, just by being me, all of a sudden I start to notice that they're making positive changes and shifts all on their own, which is quite exciting. It is. I and, and I think the key point was shining your light. And I mean, I get it. When you first start out, you're like, oh, you want to tell everybody and shout from the, the rooftops. And and you almost feel like you're, um, I don't want to say, it, you're telling them what to do. Whereas now you're guiding them. They, they can see what's happening within you, the transformation. They're like, oh, what's going on with, with him? I want to do what he's doing. Yeah, it's, I try and call it, um, one of my mentors used a term uh, a while ago and it was a messiah complex where it's uh, like you get this messiah, like I've done it, I know what I'm doing. And, and I do, I catch myself, like even yesterday, I catch myself because I get so passionate, like talking to you about this, <laughs> I can just be vulnerable and, and open and I know that, you know, you're going to be on the same wavelength in some way, whereas talking to a friend at the cafe, I'm almost like pulling my words back as I'm saying it because I'm like, I know that this is not within their, you know, consciousness right now and I sound like a complete weirdo. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, it's, it is. It's still there's an element at the moment of dealing with that perfectionist, um, yeah. which I know goes back to, you know, not feeling like I'm enough. Um, there's an element of like... Uh, patience. I know that the more patient I am, the easier it is. And when I'm impatient, I create more resistance and then that just everything seems harder. Um, so, yeah, I'm enjoying the process. And at the same time, it's teaching me so much. Absolutely. And we're all here to heal our ancestral stuff. Yes. Uh, you know, and I keep saying I'm going to be the first person in my family to do it. And it's not a because, oh, look at me. It's because I just want I don't want that for the future. Yes, I definitely. I, I just want everyone to, you know, self-love, unconditional love, forgiveness, because we're yeah. all making our way home. We're all heading to the same place. Uh, many of us don't know that yet, but we are. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, that's probably a big thing for me um, on that point is I've been thinking about this a lot the last few days and it was something that I, I already felt pretty comfortable with and it is death. Like, and I don't think, um, you know, a lot of people I have in my circles, my family or whatever have really contemplated death and have really got comfortable with death and, I, yeah, one of the things that I'm currently working towards as well is becoming a celebrant because love, life, death, 
all of that, like I think it would be such a good um, thing for me to be able to do is to give that personalised, like connected, heart-spaced like experience, whether that be marrying a couple or celebrating somebody's life at a funeral. I think, um, you know, in terms of being in that moment would be really special. Um, so I'm starting to be a celebrant as well. Wow, celebrant. I've never heard that term before. So What do you guys call it? A civil servant or something? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I don't even know. Usually it's just the pastor that, that you know, does both, right? Yeah, so um, over in Australia. Or the priest or, yeah. A bigger percentage of people get married by a civil celebrant. So that could be okay. you, or, you or me, who, anybody. It could be somebody that's done the, the course. And obviously there's a lot of uh, paperwork and government approval. Yes. But once you have that, basically I can marry people. And that's a beautiful, I mean, the energy there, that that's so loving. And then I, I feel, I, I really feel this for you, but death, you know, we seem to look at it as very sad and negative, and, but it's part of life. And actually yeah. death to many cultures is transformation, is it not? It's rebirth. Exactly. I've just watched for the second time Story of God with Morgan Freeman on Netflix, mm -hmm. and he travels around the world studying what do different cultures think of death, what do they think of the apocalypse, what do they think mm -hmm. of God. It's a really interesting series. And the first time I watched it, I kind of just watched it, didn't really pay attention. And then this time there were so many things jumping out where I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Like <laughs> one in particular, which I think I won't go into too much detail, but it really jumped out at me about um, he's talk they're talking about many, many moons ago the the Roman soldiers were known as the dark force on the planet and Nero, who ended up, you know, being the devil or known as the devil or Satan, um, Nero was the leader of the dark force and the dark force was the ones that travelled through, you know, the world and they were wiping out the light force, which were like the white, you know, the white clothes, the white light, the white energy, all the, uh, you know, really spiritual people. And they mentioned there, and whoever Morgan Freeman was talking to, like a, a theologist or somebody that studies um, history, was talking about that the day would come where the Roman Empire would face the light again or where they would face, um, I guess, not redemption, but where they'd have to go through their karma for what they did all those years ago. And my ex-girlfriend is, Ital is Italian and lives in Rome. And I reached out and we had a little chat about that. And I said, you know, it's it's interesting. I've, I watched this uh, series again and it made me think like, you know, Italy are really going through a tough time at the moment. I'm not going to say that it is because nobody really knows, but could it be related to this? And surprisingly, a fiery Italian woman, I thought I was going to get a little bit of backlash, but she actually agreed with me and said, you know, yeah, we do have a very dark history and, you know, this could potentially be us um, healing that and letting it go. Wow, that's a big epiphany right mm, there. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you think of other places in the world as well, and I'm not going to mention, but it, it, it now, yeah, you, everything's expanding that way. That that was, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I'm in sure Australia that was alone, Australia's gone through a lot of karma just in the last 12 months. We had those huge mm. fires last year. Yes. And then coronavirus hasn't been too bad here, thankfully. Um, 
And speaking of Australian culture, like one of the things I mentioned to you was just the other day, like feeling really connected to our Indigenous culture. And yeah. that's probably one of the, to me, one of the saddest things, you know, that I think a lot of foreigners probably don't understand it, but the white revolution pretty much destroyed that culture, which was potentially the the oldest culture on the planet. And it's really sad because I have, I've taught them as a teacher, I've worked with them, I've coached them in sports, I've worked, travelled to communities. They're the most beautiful people. And, yeah, it's really sad to know, like, that a lot of their traditions, connection to land, connection to the spirits, to the dreamland, is being lost because they've just been forced by will, by against their own will, to conform to the Western way of living. And they, yeah, it's horrendous. But the reason I brought that up was because when I was doing some healing the other day, it was, you know, being really connected to an Indigenous leader and dancing and doing lots of those, um, you know, movements, which is just so powerful. And I'd love to... Uh, know more about it and one day maybe I'll even go back to community. Yeah, um, and we can learn so much from them. I mean, they've, <laughs> they've been around. I mean, there's so much knowledge uh, that has been, hasn't been tapped into. And in Canada, we actually have the same, the same issue with our Indigenous people. And there's it's a lot sad. of healing that needs to, to, they have so much knowledge. I mean, when they talk about the, you know, Mother Earth and the animals, they they worked in flow with them. They yeah. they, they knew. And we, we're doing the opposite. And well, the, um, the guy that they spoke to in the, in the documentary with Morgan Freeman, the story that he shares about um, how the world was created from an Indigenous perspective, is very similar to the Big Bang. And so they're there looking at, okay, so science is saying this, what your culture that's, you know, tens of thousands of years old is saying is this, and they actually match up. And where they go to in this um, series is the actual place of it's a big crater, and that's the place that the Indigenous people believe the world or existence began. Um and I didn't even know that that existed. So it was really cool to, to see that um, somewhere in Central Australia where they believe that um, they they the indigenous believe it was a from their from their story there was a, it was a baby that was dropped from the gods and that baby hit the earth and from mm. that it created nature and land and water and all those things came first and then once all the nature had formed then the first humans came. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it was really. I'm, I'm really going to have to watch that. I, you yeah. know, I watch so many things and listen to so many things. It's, I mean, it's great. I, I It's better than, you know, the mainstream stuff, right? I, yeah. I don't, I don't watch that at all. Um, so, yeah, if, if anybody is here on the replay, if you're joining us live, please let us know where you're from, if this is your first time. And if you're on the replay, say hello. If you have a question, please ask. And I, I think it's very interesting how we're kind of talking more about the indigenous and the ancient wisdom. I, I love how, you know, this is segueing. And we we talked about, um, you know, when you, you said self-love samurai, I'm like, okay, we, 
we're researching the same thing. So when I Googled samurai, there was a ton of pictures. And this is the one that I was drawn to. I'm just going to show you. I mean, I just see so much wisdom, so much it's mindset. So Japanese term for samurai is a bushy meaning and it means warrior. And I'm like, oh, cool, because I think of myself as a, as a spiritual warrior. Um, but it's also a verb, meaning to wait upon, to accompany someone. And then even in, I took it further, those who serve in close attendance to the nobility. And I'm like, nobility? Wow. Okay. Um, I had no idea. Like, I mean, you hear the term, but to actually go and look, I, I love um, what this show does. Because not only, you know, I'm not here to talk about myself. But I, I love hearing other people's stories. And I also love that I'm, you know, looking at the educational part, research. You know, every time we learn something new, we spark a, a neuron. Like, it lights up everything within us, right? Um, that's what we're here for. We're here to be connected. So, um, and you said... Um, today, were you not looking? We were looking at the same picture. I was yesterday. I um, yesterday just finished yesterday. reading a book called Wabi Sabi. Um, Wabi Sabi. It's amazing. <laughs> it's about in Japan. They have this. Well, the word doesn't actually occur in Japan. It's like. Let me explain this really. Sure. Go ahead. Clearly. Um, you tell me. But <laughs> Wabi Sabi exists. Yes. But if you were to ask a Japanese person, what does wabi-sabi mean? Every single person would give you a different meaning. It's like one of those things where it like, it's like the energy in the room. It's the simplicity in an ornament or a gift. It's the uh, simple form of love that you show each other. It's like this beautiful concept that every Japanese person knows is there even the way they live, the way they operate, the way they move through life, it's this wabi-sabi and it's like, it's simple. And the book says that it stems from the samurai and it comes from those, you know, really peaceful, simple um, human beings that their, like you said, their honour or their gift was to serve and to, you know, they may have been the protector of a, an emperor. They may have been, you know, involved in the local community, but it didn't matter what they did. Um, Wabi Sabi was all about just living a simple life. Um, and that's, you know, the book talks about why Japanese home d decor is so simple and plain, why their fashion is so simple and plain. And even I'll just reach over. One of the um, things that I did was, they talk about, and it's just like life and death. It's like everything is at different stages. And so when I went bushwalking the other day, I collected, you know, some stuff that's really alive, some stuff that is already dead and some stuff that's decaying. And mm -hmm. wabi-sabi is also about appreciating the imperfect. And that's where you, you'll notice in Japan a lot of, um, you know, might be a pot or it might be something that has is slightly disformed or it's got something wrong with it well, that's got more beauty in it than a perfectly formed object or a perfectly made you know construction and in terms of self-love samurai linking because i do love japanese culture and this goes back to you know one of the first books that caused a big shift for me was ikigai about your reason for being but um, in terms of this 
this thought of being broken, this thought of being imperfect. Um, I have a really, I guess, powerful term I like to use, uh, which is your imperfections make you influential. Mm-hmm. And if you look at uh, Japanese culture again, when something breaks, like let's say this um, ceramic uh, mug or a bowl breaks, instead of you know picking up all the broken pieces and throwing it away, they actually repair it with gold um, yes. or, or gold um, laced, you know, um, welding stuff. And then that process called kintsugai is about that becomes more valuable because it's it's been broken, it's been repaired with gold, and now it's a more valuable um, piece, which I think is basically what I went through. And in terms of becoming this self-love person or this self-love samurai, I don't think I'm, you know, any different to anybody else. I think, you know, all human existence consciousness is on the same you know, trajectory or we're all a part of the same reality. Um, but I do think, you know, what I went through, if I can just share with people how pouring all the love on me is what has allowed me to, you know, heal the most, get through the mental illness, come off the medication, um, impact people, and probably just like in the last week, know when to stop and honour Sean. And, you know, it might come with that samurai mindset that I've created because I do think, you know, one of my biggest strengths is the fact that I have built this mindset that I even yesterday was speaking to a lady who is, you know, she's been doing this, working in education, leading like a revolution in education for like 20, 30 years. And, you know, I naturally wanted to say to her, hey, Angie, you need to take some time off. You deserve it. You're worthy. Like, you've been working so hard for so long. Like, you know, they these people are really sped up during COVID and they're really doing so much more because they're like, we've got to pivot. We've got to make this shift. We've got to do that, which is great. But I didn't actually say to her anything about, you know, you should do this, you should do that. She just asked, oh, where were you last week? I said, oh, I actually decided last Wednesday that was it. I shut my laptop. I turned my phone off. I just knew I had to take time for me. And so just by saying that, she's seen that self-love and I guess it's been reflected from me to her and she's contacted me to say, I've decided with my husband that this weekend we're going to turn everything off for three days and you know, practice self-love. And I'm like, well, there, that's that's perfect. That's, that's what I want instead of, you know, trying to shove it down everybody's throat. <laughs> just be me. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, there were so many things. I could see the love pouring over you. And, and that Japanese, yeah, you fill all the pieces with the gold and it's much more valuable because we are all broken, but it's how we piece ourselves back together. And I remember sharing that with um, uh, my, you know, my group a couple months ago and everyone just thought it was so beautiful, such a beautiful practice. And there is definitely a past life with you in, in, uh, you know, in that culture because you're very drawn to it. There are no coincidences. So I would really, you know, research that a little bit more and explore your Akashic records and uh, your past lives. Definitely. So, I've, yeah. I've, uh, I've actually got it. I'm going home. I haven't actually been home home like to my 
to my nest for mm. a month or two because of um, COVID. But I'm going home this weekend and I was thinking yesterday with all this inner child work I've been doing, um, I'm really called to like look at old photos, watch old videos, like really reconnect with my child because going through a lot of this healing transformation, you know, going in and excavating the stuff to sit with and face, I feel like if you don't go back and remember or recall all the positives, you end up just, I, I did, I went through a phase where I thought, like I was questioning, did I, was my childhood messed up? Was, was I messed up? Like when it wasn't at all, I know that it wasn't. But it was like every time I did like a healing session or breath work or something, I'd go looking for the inner child, I'd go looking for the wounds, I'd go looking for the negative. Um, and it's only just in the last week that, you know, I'm doing breath work and um, I wish I had a video of it. After the session yesterday, I just started videoing and to send it to my instructors and I was just like dancing, just like had music on. <laughs> and it was like that inner child is now just like, inside like bopping around and having a great old time um so yeah it's I think like you melt the, you melded the pieces together for the inner child it's like yes gave each other and a big hug what you said about the uh being broken and repairing it with gold again um one of the one of the phrases that i have used um and i still keep playing with it i just i don't know maybe it's the inner child that just wants to play but um, just doesn't sit right and it's like it's basically when I do a keynote um, they're like what's your you know title going to be and it was broken to benefit but now that you've said that it makes more sense to me so thank you for reflecting it to me because the broken part I you know understand the benefit part is actually I'm sure you're familiar with fixed and growth mindset yes um, well a really the guy that has probably helped me the most this whole journey greg mitchell he's an education consultant he's 68 and he still travels the world presenting facilitating like absolutely loves it we've been working on this for 18 months and it's the benefit mindset which is like he's basically said you need fixed you need growth but everybody now needs a benefit which is where you see how working in a team of you know, people or five people or four people and working together to achieve success, working to get together to create, you know, positive results, collaborating. Um, and there's, you know, some parameters for how do you make that benefit mindset happen, which is, you know, really good listening skills. Everybody gets a chance to talk. Um, so it's also from what you've said, you know, if I was broken, I've repaired it with gold and now I understand like, I had somebody say it to me yesterday, which is great because their intentions were were really good where they said, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're taking this time out to heal, like use your growth mindset, you'll get through it. And I was like, no, the growth mindset is not what I need right now. The growth mindset is important, but the growth mindset's all about being better, achieving more, setting goals, achieving goals, improving, growing, and it, if you, you get in this toxic growth mindset, that's what was causing me the most anxiety and pain, you know, last week when I had to stop was because it was like I could see the goals, I could see the vision, I could see what I wanted to achieve, and I was constantly fixed 
on that. Mm. And then in terms of anxiety, it gets to that point where it's like, this feels like it's not happening. It feels like it's not moving fast enough. But then when I step back and take time for me and connect to shaman, connect to samurai, connect to breath work, connect to myself, and I go, I'm not, why am I chasing that goal? I don't, I don't really want to do that. Why am I chasing that goal? I don't really want to do that. What do I want to do? I want to show up as Sean. I want to help people love themselves and I want to have fun. So it was like I literally grabbed all the papers and stuff and all the posters and all the stuff off the walls. They're all piled over here and it was just like a breath of fresh air where I was like, I don't wow. need to do any of that stuff. I just need to do what makes me happy. I love that. There's a lot of inner child, inner teenager stuff happening. I want to thank you for reminding all of us to take a step back. And we tend to go to ego when you say growth mindset, because that means more, more, more goals, 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 crush it, crush it, crush it. I'm not doing enough. And then, yeah, it turns into a downward spiral. Very interesting. I think we're all feeling that collectively. Um, you know, when you're, you're uh, a friend of yours said that she had to, they had to pivot and they had to shift. And I feel that too. I feel that energy. And there is a full moon as well. So, so Scorpio. <laughs> it ex it accelerates everything right now. Yeah. Like it, we all need to just chill. Yeah. Because this is not it's a so time. Hard and to do and as well. thank like, you so really much. You're welcome. For reminding I have, us. I do have so much empathy for people as or compassion for people as well because, like, I spoke to um, Angie yesterday when I did and I said, you know, I in my mind I'd taken time off in the last three years. But mm. in reality I'd gone on holiday but still opened my laptop every two days. I'd yeah. still be updating social media every day. I'd still be sitting there you know, relaxing and I'd be thinking about what the next post was going to be on the social media page. And like last Wednesday when I stopped, I just knew and it was like it was liberating to just be like to my little team in the Philippines. I was like, guys, I'm going offline. I don't know if it's going to be two days, five days, seven days. Um, and to be completely transparent, the business that I've built over the last two, three years, Smile Teachers is now very much not dissolving, but it's like I've realised that so much of that business was me validating. It was me looking for the self-love that I have in here. And it was like, yes, I've done the work and, yes, I've done lots of healing and whatever, but I feel like there's still so much to do. And it was a good realisation to have that, you know, why am I constantly in this business? I'm like, is it because I'm so passionate about having an impact and this is the vehicle to do it? Or is it because I want people to, to hear me and see me? And that mm. was what dropped in. I was wow. like, I want people to know me and I want people to understand me and I want them to be able to do what I've done. And then I was like, that's not Smile Teachers, that's Sean K. And that's where I just need to be me and show up as myself. And so what will happen now through my own pivot is I'll keep that community there because it is important to me and I do 
love them dearly. I'll keep my community there and I'll still nurture them, but just not as much. But then now I'm just going to be on other people's platforms and I'm just going to help drive their mission. Like there's an organisation that I've, I've been in their community for 12 months and I just didn't have the space to, to think about how I could add value and how I could receive value from them. But then in this last seven days, I didn't even have to ask. Well, maybe asking it is given. Maybe I asked months ago. But then they showed up. They came to me, whereas I'd previously gone to them. Didn't really happen. Didn't feel right. And now they'd come to me out of the blue and said, hey, we want to talk to you. And everything that I've been trying to do by myself as this solopreneur, they've got a million people database. They've got a full team and they're like, we want you to come and do what you do. And I'm like, I can do what I do. Let's, you know, have fun. Let's impact kids. Let's teach people how to do breath work, how to meditate and how to love themselves. And I'm like... And I don't have to worry about what I'm posting on Instagram and how many emails have been opened and how many have unsubscribed and <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, I, I feel that, you know, that's like the nail in the forehead analogy. As soon as you took it out, uh, you have opened you up because that you were. Uh, I love the video. Yeah, I love that video. If anybody's yeah. never seen that nail oh, in the so forehead good. video, go Google it, YouTube it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's <laughs> uh, Brittany is, is has joined us. Thank you so much, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. I, I believe you're a first timer and let us know where you're from and share it out. And she's, you know, agreeing with everything you're saying, just like I am. I feel like when you're ready, like when you've done the work, it's integrated, you've learned it, now you're turning it. It's like you have a shift in the energy and people can see it and they're like, oh. I've got a question for you actually, hmm, Christine. Sure. Um, so this shaman topic, mm -hmm. like when we first mentioned it, I said to you, you know, oh, I'm not going to go and, you know, study you to be a shaman or whatever. And you were like, no, no, it could just be that it was a past life. Like, the thing that I guess just in the last couple of days and even yesterday talking to my branding lady, it was like I guess owning that not term shaman but like healer or like being able to articulate that, you know, I have those moments where I'm working with somebody and I crack them open and their whole entire being like shines and I, it's like I'm, I wouldn't say channeling, maybe I am, I don't know, but I'm like in that conduit where I'm like in the moment, time, yeah. time doesn't exist and I'm like there. But I still have this block to like say to somebody, you know, that this is what I do. Where do I, do I need to do more work? Do I need to like let go of that? <laughs> Shitty committee. You need, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's interesting. I pull cards for myself every day. And this card came up and it's in reverse. Okay. So this is Archangel Gabriel and he works with the throat ah, chakra. I remember that. I remember him from uh, Super Attractor. Yes. So there, he's asking all of us to just speak our truths. And yeah. the, the collective energy for the week that I do every week on YouTube uh, comes out every Sunday was all about integrity and speaking our truths. 
Okay. So this is this is who you are. You have to declare it and don't be don't be afraid. I think we're afraid of judgment. I know for myself when I came out of the spiritual closet and then when I told everybody, I was like and then people are like, "Yeah, we kind of felt that off you anyways." I mean, yeah, that yeah, sure. That sounds like you for sure. Yeah. It it was Definitely. more it was mind over matter and it really doesn't matter. All that no, matters is is you. It doesn't matter. To, and this is the thing is I, Mind Valley, the vision Lakiani uses this term unfuckwithable. And I try and say that that's, that's where I'm at. Um, but I think for that particular thing, it is, it's that little bit of like self-criticism that, yep. you know, people probably couldn't care less. The perfectionist um, piece. I perfectionist. Know. Yeah. Too much growth. And, and no such thing when you're in that moment, like, how do you feel when you're healing somebody and you're in that conduit and you're channeling and because channeling is basically just messages from your soul self. So how yeah. do you, I always ask people, how do you feel? Like when you talked about it, I felt your energy shift, meaning you, there's no space, there's no time. You could have been there for five days and you would have never known. Yeah. It's like, I feel like that, well it's not even the child it's like my soul is just like beaming it's like i'm obviously because they're in tears and like break it down i'm not going to be there like yes but that's how it feels inside it's you're like, holding space for them yeah and that's exactly. a beautiful gift yeah that's exactly and you're a light worker or a shaman shaman works with lots of things i mean they could work with plants they could work with animals they they channel all of that but yeah. they basically come in to heal and, yeah. and I honestly, yeah, I, I just heard, you know, from the, the upstairs, from the collective consciousness that you're going to teach other people how to do that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why you're that's here. What I'm working towards. And it's, yeah. that's, that's where I'm like at the moment. It's like, I wanted to just go all in with that and, and, you know, pour myself into it. But, um, this pivot that I'm going through is really setting all that up to do that. It is. Um, but then, you know, it. I guess everything happens at the exact time it should, but I was, uh, it was interesting when I had this realisation last week to, you know, go within, do the work, spend time, you know, alone, do the breath work. I was actually supposed to be back in Bali doing the 14-day breathwork um, training program with the gurus from Poland. And um, obviously, because of COVID, it all got um, postponed to later in the year, hopefully. Um, and I was, I was, you know, even when we spoke um, the first time a few months ago, that was like the, I was like working towards that. I was really like excited. I was like end of April, like I'm finally going to, you know, step away from this, you know, this project that's probably not serving me as much and this is really calling me and I was feeling, you know, super like pumps to go and do it and then it's obviously been postponed and it's just funny. I finished like the breathwork session on day one and afterwards I was like sort of just sitting there reflecting and I realised I was like, ah, oh. I was like I would have actually been there on the retreat doing this but this is just mm. showing me i don't need them around to be able to do it i can do this on my own and um i've been actually vlogging like every, i haven't shared it but after every session i've been taking a little video just sharing what came up and 
whatever in the hope that once I do have my new website and stuff set up, I can share like a bit of a blog about the breathwork journey and yeah, people can access that. Yeah, that's important. I mean, everybody always asks me, how do I tap into my soul, my intuition, my gifts, my whatever? And I'm like, meditation. Yeah, that's even if you took it, if you look at like Abraham Hicks or any of those people, that's the first thing they say is like, yeah, meditate. And I'm like, oh, but I try 20 minutes every day. Like, try again, try again, do it every day, 20 minutes every day. Rinse, repeat. I mean, it's a practice, and it you does. have to be, it takes time too. It does, and the more you do it, the better you feel. Yeah, it's it's about you know they talk about body scan or going you know checking your emotions because we don't we our our heart chakra is our soul chakra. Yeah. We have been leading from the wrong space. This is why self love and unconditional love is so important. We need to feel. How does that make you feel? Not, I need to do that. And I always ask why. Well, that's the, um, I don't know who came up with it originally, but it, it comes into my vortex all the time and it's that be, do, have. Hmm. Um, and when I explain it to audiences or teachers or my community, I talk about everybody's out there trying to have all the things. They're trying to have the lifestyle. And even, you know, last week I when I started to reflect on what I was doing which was working on all these different projects because i wanted to have this lifestyle this freedom more time to do the things i was passionate about more time to go surfing more time to do breathwork training so i'll do all these things that you know weren't making me happy so i wasn't being happy but we've all got it in reverse we need to be happy and like you know we talk about a being we're a being it's like being happy, doing what keeps us happy and makes us happy and then have the things that go with that. And that's where, you know, you see people that have got squillions of dollars and um, I know Ken Honda, there we go, we're, we're back in Japan. Um, <laughs> Ken Honda, he talks about this, uh, he has a masterclass on Mind Valley about this arigato money and it's like money goes, money comes, money and like give and receive. But he talks about how in his studies he was researching Japanese millionaires and, um, you know, he shares very, you know, I'll share it very quickly, but he meets a millionaire and the millionaire, he talks to the millionaire, he says, um, do you feel rich? The millionaire says, no, I don't feel rich. He's like, why don't you feel rich? He said, well, if I had $10 million, I'd feel rich and I'd be happy. And so he finds the millionaire that's got $10 million and you can see where this is going to go. The, the guy with $10 million says, no, 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 I'd only feel rich if I had a private jet and that would make me happy. So then he finds the guy with the private jet. The guy with the private jet wants a bigger private jet and it goes on and on and on and on. And it, what it shows is all these people that have got and it's a it's a big thing for you know my age like 30 i am 30 in australia a lot of my friends and and people that i know you know they're working in mining they're making 150 200,000 dollars a year they've got two four wheel drives a massive house a boat and they're 800,000 dollars in debt at 30 and they're miserable like they're, they've got a family of three, you know, they're, they're 30 years old and he then he now has to keep working 12-hour days 
two days, I mean, sorry, 12 days away, five days home, and he's going to have to keep doing that to sustain the lifestyle. So this is where in that particular setting there's such a big problem with mental health and suicide. Um, and it is, it's because everyone's trying to have first. They're trying to have all the things. Whereas if we just be happy doing what makes us happy, then have those things. Yeah, soul's purpose. I soul's mean, purpose. Yeah, I mean, people are, you know, oh, they were millionaires. They won the lottery and they lost it all. That's yeah. because they had no, they, <laughs> they were trying to fill holes in a cup that just kept leaking out. Like well, I have a friend, I was just talking to her last night and mm -hmm. bless her, she's probably going to kill me for sure. I'm not going to say her name. So nobody <laughs> okay, will know. That's fine. But she'll know because I know that she'll watch this. Okay. <laughs> I do love her very much. She's a beautiful human. But she, um, through COVID, she was back at home with her parents and her parents were like you need to get a job, you need to get a job, you need to get a job, you need to get a job. And even though she's got money in the bank and she, she's got this brilliant idea to start her own business and it's around art, it's around creativity, it's around making products and interior design, which she'd be great at. She is like, I guess she just doesn't have the confidence yet to or the worthiness yet to say, no, I'm going to go all in on this idea and just trust that it'll work out. So instead, she's now on a mind site and she's never done this work in her life. She's on a mind site. She's in tears last night because she knows that this is not her soul's purpose. Mm -hmm. She knows that this is not what she wants. And she's even like saying, she's trying to um, justify it to herself like, Oh, I'll just give it a go and at least I can say I've given it a go and if I don't like it, I can always go back and and I'm like, just read your message again. And she's like, yeah, I know. And this is what's hard for me is because I see somebody in that situation and I just want to like shake them and be like, stop wobbling and get back on path. But I'm, and this is obviously me learning as a coach or healer as well, whereas I've just said, you know, you've got to go through this. Like it's, I, I said, you keep, we keep talking about this, but ultimately you just need to go through it and you'll learn a lot about yourself. And when the time is right, you will, or you will not start that business. And I said, you've got to be okay with failure. And at the yes. moment you're not okay with failure and that's okay. But it's not just the failure piece. And then it was kind of like, if I was at consciousness engineering, she understood the failure piece. But then when I started to talk about the worthiness piece, it was kind of like not in her, you know, vortex yet. It was kind of like she didn't understand. What do you mean worthiness? I do feel worthy. And I'm like, no, you've said this, you've said this, you've said this, you've said this. I think there's a wound there or something deep about I'm not enough. Mm. I'm a, I've got a fear of rejection, whatever that is. So then... I guess as a person working in this space, like you and I, we can tell the, we can share with them, we can, you know, message, channel. But I guess a question for you, Christine, is mm. what do we then do when, you know, we can see their path of least resistance, but they can't see it? What do we do? We just hold space for them. 
um, and just try and support them as much as you can. Uh, but I guess be the example, lead by yeah. example. Um, maybe share a little bit about boundaries because I feel that this is a family thing as well. Like she's kind of, ah, like I see chains, like she's chained to this family mindset. Does that make sense? That's, yeah, definitely. that's how I feel. So she has the key. She just doesn't know it. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. Someone shared like a, a, a card with me, like a tarot card and there's chains, there's the lock all chained up and she's reaching out to the window and that's where her light is, her soul is, but she doesn't realize she's chained herself. <laughs> yeah. So, and her cup is so full, like she just yeah. needs to, and it, it is, it's, it's, um, it, unfortunately it's going to be when she's ready. Yeah. She's only yeah. 24 as well. I keep saying to oh, her, gosh, I'm like, yeah. oh, God, you've got so much more to go. You've still got Saturn returning as well. <laughs> True enough. Uh, yeah. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for joining. Yes, I know you're late Hello, again. Lynn. Nice to see you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I love the dragonflies too. <laughs> well, funny, I had a messenger spirit guide the other day. It was a red dragonfly. I've never seen oh. a red dragonfly. And, oh really? Oh, actually, then I'm going to take this somewhere if we've okay. got time. Okay, because this was uh, this was uh, the last obviously week going through all these revelations and messages, and it was when I was reading Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein a couple yes. of months ago that I I'd never really tuned into spirit guides, um, and I had it was probably the second time within a week that I had the the realization or understanding that my she was like my grandmother, but not my grandmother. She was the one that sort of like raised me, cared for me. I was there. I was her golden child. Everybody used to say um, when my mom and dad were at work and I realized that she's my guardian angel, that she's the one that's always there. And if I need to call on her, or if I want her, it's the wind. And as soon as I feel the wind and I feel the wind around me, it's like, she's there. She's loving me. She's pouring it on me. Um, but then the second thing was, I was in Bali at the time, I'm laying there and I'm literally reading Gabby Bernstein talk about spirit animals and I'm like, oh, I don't really know if I've got much of a spirit animal. And then I'd been staying in this place for two weeks, never seen a gecko in my room the whole time I was there. And I hear the gecko, I don't know if you ever heard a gecko call, but it's like, no. it's loud and it's it's like, I'll do it for you because I'm sure you'll love it. But okay, sure. <laughs> really loud like you can hear it from like a, a mile away but anyway i'm in my room i'm reading this book learning about spirit animals and i hear a gecko and i'm like what the hell i'm like i haven't heard a gecko like that loud for a while and i look up and like on the wall it was like it wasn't just like a baby it was like the biggest and it was blue and it had orange spots on it it was beautiful wow. And she just crawled out from behind the wall and I just laid back on the bed and stared up. And normally they see you and they take off. She just like made her way across the wall, slow as can be. I just sat there like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then she popped up and disappeared. Mm. And then the next moment, this tiny little baby gecko just dropped down and just sat there on the wall. And I was like, this, I didn't understand at the time what it meant, da 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 
And then the next day I'm laying on the bed face down reading a book and I feel something hit me on the back. And I'm like, oh, it's gecko poop. I'm like, oh, surely not. And I flick my shirt like that and then I heard it land on the floor and it was the baby gecko again. And the little baby gecko took off. So anyway, I looked this up, spirit uh, animal for change, for transformation, for shedding its skin, for doing all these amazing reptilian things like, um, you know, cutting off a limb and then regrowing it. It was all about going through change and transformation, which was pretty cool. So then that was my first introduction to spirit animals. I've had a few others since. But the other night I had a dream. This is, this is, this is like, this is amazing. <laughs> but I had this dream. It was vivid and I could remember it clear as day. It was this huge giant squid was washed up on the beach. And I was standing with this giant squid like, working out like how it got there, why it was there, was it still alive, could I get it water and save it? And it was like this puzzle where I was like this giant squid, this giant squid, like I was trying to tell people to come and help me. Anyway, next day I get up, I go and search, dream giant squid meaning da 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 da. And it's funny because, well, it's not funny because we know that it's true, the first thing with the squid is that we're starting to feel entangled with our unconscious mind and they are mm. unconscious mind is feeling trapped or stuck. And that was how I was feeling before I pressed pause last week and shut down what I was doing was I was feeling trapped. Then the second part of it, which is something that I have philosophized about, fantasized about, set goals for and haven't taken action is writing a book. And it says because a squid contains ink and ink, the ink signifies writing and creating a book or writing a book. So it's saying there could be an idea for a book within you. And because I thought the squid was dead, I linked that to if I don't start this book and write this book, this great idea for a book is going to die. And so wow. that was my... <laughs> My dream the other night. <laughs> That's amazing. I love yeah. that. And that animals. I remember the gecko story, and I'm like, oh, that is so cool. Yeah. And then could, the I squid. Wish, like, the gecko is so beautiful. Like, if I could yeah. have a pet gecko, my friend has a pet gecko. I wouldn't have a pet gecko because I think <laughs> it's cruel. But um, yeah. But it's, it's amazing how spirit comes through and and the animals. Um, yeah, I Definitely. and Colette Baron Reed also talks about spirit and, and animals like totems, signs, yeah. symbols, all of that. Just like yeah. today is if you break down in numerology, is number six. This mm -hmm. is episode 42. That's a six. So mm -hmm. sixes are all about taking well, a seven step is my magic back. number. Seven times six is forty-two. Oh. Seven shots. There you go. Seven. <laughs> yes. Well, I actually and Lynn, last week. Seven. Mm. Um, I was like, that's it. Everything now is going to be seven. I'm like, if I've got a business meeting, I want seven points. If I want an action plan, I want seven points. Like if I want to have talk to somebody about how we're going to do something, I want them to give me seven points. I'm like, no more. Yeah. Hey, go with it. I mean, if that's, you know, that's uh, just signs and synchronicities to the universe. Yeah. I mean, you've declared it. The more you speak, like the more you notice things and say, oh, thank you, bring me more. They're going to be like, okay, Sean's ready. Let's go. Let's go. Um, and Lynn's just saying she doesn't have a hot clue about her spirit animal. But, I mean, that's actually a really good idea for a future show 
is to, to talk about what your spirit animal is and what they I bet mean. You now, Lynn, I bet you now in the next few mm. days, maybe today, maybe this week, you'll see an animal and you'll be staring at it and you'll be like, is this it? Is this my spirit animal? Just, yeah, just feel you it. You can ask. Feel, just oh, ask. Say, yeah, you yeah. can have a conversation maybe in your dreams. It will come through. Billboards songs i mean there's so many ways that you can see and and get Even confirmation cool, like deceased loved ones you know they can come through in an animal i remember uh one of my he's he was my dad's cousin but we called him uncle um when i was really broken and going through the mental illness he was dying from terminal cancer mm. and i went and spent a day with him and we just talked and we'd never really connected like that and he just talked about life and death and how he was okay with it and you know, life's too short to be getting caught up with all this, you know, anxiety. And anyway, he um, always used to have an affinity with birds. Hmm. And I remember at his funeral sitting there in the um, chapel and a few people commented on this as well and, like, the caskets over there and then we're at the ceremony and we look outside and there was this bird that just kept, like, flying around the window the whole time, like this one wow. bird. And it was like he was there, like you can tell he was there with you. And then so now it'll occasionally like occur to me, like something could be going on or I'll be thinking about something and then I'll spot like a bird close by and I'll just follow it and then I'll listen and I'll be like, okay, what's the message? And, you know, it's normally something pretty simple that was probably standing in plain sight, but it's a good <laughs> way to sort of just drop in and be like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, because it brings you into relaxation. It brings you yeah. out of, you know, into your, uh, you know, consciousness, basically. You're like, oh, you guys, you guys don't have them in, a, in America, but I'll have to send you a photo, Christine, because I think you'll love them. They're called a willy wagtail. Okay, willy uh, wagtail. <laughs> they're like literally this big and they fly, or they fly around, they're black and white, and they are savage. Like, they, ooh, like, they're, they're, they're tiny. Like, their beak is smaller than my small fingernail. But they will, and they, like, and they will just be, like, savage, like, so much energy. They're generally the one that you look out the window, you'll see. They're just there, like, hovering around. Um, but I think cool. you'll love the Willy Wagtail. I would. It reminds me of a magpie. I mean, they're up here. They're black and white, but they're a bigger bird. They're in they're, relation to the crow, yeah, but well. they're pretty savage. But yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Lynn is just saying uh, she had a there was a meditation and an event in Edmonton, and a wolf stepped out of the fire. So, well, there you go. A wolf, like a, a wolf. A wolf, or did she visualize a wolf? I'd love to know whether she visualized. The I wolf think it was a visualization. Yeah. Yeah, a real wolf came out. I was like, oh, that would be, be intense. That would be intense. Yeah. But that's definitely something to explore. I mean, she loves all animals, dogs especially. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, as we close up, I, I, I always ask, well, I ask two questions, but I'm going to leave it to one. What does magic mean to you? Magic to me is feeling what you can't see. Magic mm. to me is like the unseen. It's the, whether we talk about the metaphysical or the energy that's flowing around this time, space, reality that we can't see. And I think that's magic because ultimately 
real magic, if there's such a thing as real magic, is about seeing the unseen anyway. So, yeah. Exactly. I, think I love that. that. I, think that. I honestly, and like even yesterday, we had this crazy, like the biggest storm that I've been in for as long as I can remember here. Like I think 24,000 homes were without power. Wow. Um, but I just, I don't know, the wind, and I know you have your own understanding of this, but I've never looked into this. But my, this is just my theory, is that the wind is all the spirits together just roaming around the planet, doing their thing. When they need to sort of shake stuff up somewhere, they come through and they shake it all up and then they disappear again. So whether it's the spirits that have been here and left or whether it's just the spirits in general, I think that the wind, because nobody can explain where the wind comes from. No. But it's magic. I believe believe that as well. I mean, clearing things out, shaking things up, energy does get stuck. That's why we have to, you know, ground ourselves or, you know, shake things up. We have to, because stuff gets stuck to us just like anything else, Um, especially if you're highly empathic and very sensitive. Um, That's very, very important. Um, So anything you want to, as we wrap up, anything you want to share with us? I mean, I left. I do, actually. I want to do it. Well, you, so. you do your cards. I've got this book that I picked up a while ago. I'm going to do a little activity for you and for the for the audience. Um, All right. They can find me um, smileteachers.com.au. Yes. Or social media is probably better. Where it is literally, if you're on Instagram, it's just at Sean K and then a number one, um, or smile underscore teachers. But I'm not sure if you've seen this book. It's called A Guide for the Advanced Soul by Susan Haywood. And the way that it works, you hold a problem in your mind. So you think about one problem. Mm -hmm. I'm going to open the book to a random page and then give you an answer. All right. (laughs) All right, so holding the problem in your mind. Yes. Solution coming your way or answer. Life's a pretty precious and wonderful thing. You can sit down and let it lap around you. You have to plunge into it. You have to dive through it. Oh, I love that. I and yeah, yeah. You know what? That makes perfect sense. It really does. I'm diving in. Awesome. I don't care. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all your energy. And you're going to have to come back again because I know things are going to be rapidly changing for you. And let's say in about three, six months time, it's going to look a lot different. I I know there's going to be some great things going on. Um, Now, are you... You're not still doing retreats in Bali or is is that kind of put off? Yeah, will be once COVID is... um back well i don't know if the world's ever going to go back to normal because it never was normal but um yeah eventually um i'll do retreats in bali i'll do retreats here in australia as well Mm -hmm. um and then yeah i'll just i'm going to start to do more retreats with this sort of healing stuff rather than just teachers Yes, and I feel it's really, really important because we are yeah. all light workers. We just have to find a way to tap in. That's it. Yes. So 
I, I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. And hey guys, uh, if you're looking for a private reading or healing, you can reach me at 24 Karat Healing and our weekly empath update is every Sunday. So look out for that. Follow me on YouTube at 24 Karat Healing. And please remember guys, healing begins where the ego ends. Take care. Thank you.